How are you doing? It is great to be with you for our last week of our Get Healthy uh, series. What an unbelievable time it's been to watch so many of you make a commitment to health and spiritual health. And we've been trying to define uh, spiritual health and what does it mean to walk in emotional and relational and spiritual freedom. And as I told you before, this weekend would be a little different for us at Cross Timbers. I, uh, some of you may have come hoping for a sermon or a message. I really don't have either one of those uh, today. What I have is a story. I just want to share a story with you. I come with a little bit of, uh, and I don't say this often if you're new, I'm, I'm a little nervous uh, because the story I want to share is my story. Um, I don't need anybody to fix me, and I don't need anybody to feel sorry for me. I, I, uh, I realize that some of you, when it comes to the issues of emotional health that I'm going to talk about today, are skeptical. I know some of you will probably think less of me after you hear some of this today. But if I can help one, or if I can help you help one. So I'll cry because it's deeply personal to me, but look at me. Everybody look at me. I'm okay. Okay? I just be- I believe 2 Corinthians chapter 1, when it says this, Praise be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of compassion and the God of all comfort, who comforts us in all of our troubles so that we can comfort those in any trouble with the comfort we ourselves have received from God. For just as the sufferings of Christ flow over into our lives, so also through Christ our comfort overflows. Because you see, my story isn't my story, and your story isn't your story. You, you understand this? God is the author of it all. Anything good, any comfort that any of us receive is because he gives it to us. Praise be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. Let's pray together. Lord, I would pray uh, just publicly what I pray privately so often for a moment of Pentecost. Just people would hear in their own unique language. I just have such a sense of so many hurting, disappointed, disillusioned people. And I just pray for you'd speak a word. Your word. I claim the promise that we overcome by the blood of the lamb and the word of our testimony. Because it's your word. It's your testimony. It's your blood. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Anybody ever daydream? Some of you are raising your hands because you're daydreaming right now. Uh, You know the weird thing about a daydream? Is you catch yourself in them. You ever daydream and wonder, why was I thinking about that? Anybody besides me? Uh, In June of 1996, I was pastoring a church in another part of the Metroplex. Uh, I had a beautiful daughter who was nine, a son who was, little punk was seven. 
uh, a church that I loved that was growing, life-giving. And I'm driving down I-35 toward Fort Worth from Denton, and I caught myself in a daydream. And the daydream that I was having was asking myself, I wonder if I pulled over at 65 miles an hour and ran into this bridge abutment, would anybody know that I did it on purpose? And for just a moment, it took everything I had to keep my car in my lane. It scared me bad. Uh, and to understand how I got to that moment in my life, you have to know a little bit of my story. I grew up in a small South Texas town, kind of an enmeshed family, you know, grandmas for dinner every Sunday with all the aunts and uncles and the cousin in a really, really uh, strict, stern religious environment. We had the hell scared out of us from an early age. Uh, I love so much about my upbringing. I love so much about that little church and that little denomination I grew up in. But somewhere along the line, I got a picture of an angry God that took some type of perverse pleasure in spoiling my fun and ruining my life. On top of all of that, I know this will shock many of you, but I was quite a handful in my home. <laughs> I don't want to belabor the point, but I was, uh, I was a piece of work. I was uh, difficult to parent. If there's any justice in the world, God will give Bailey what God gave me in Bailey, which was a handful to parent. And my father was a coach. He had been raised as a coach in the 60s and 70s. Anybody remember coaches in the 60s and 70s? They weren't the most feel-good people in the world. They had a message. You coached by correction. And the message that I received growing up from a daddy who loved me, who took me fishing, who wasn't absent, but who had to keep his thumb on this precocious, uh, over-the-top kid. And the message I heard was, more, better, faster, and it's never good enough. And somewhere along the way, this facade of this extroverted, confident life of the party began to believe a lie that if people really knew the real him, they'd never really love him. Uh, I'll never forget the day that I pulled out of my driveway in this little South Texas town, leaving for Abilene Christian University. I remember the tear running down my father's face. And I remember a vow that I made that day, one day I'll make my daddy proud. Because I knew he loved me, but I wasn't really confident he was proud of me. I go to Abilene Christian University. I meet this 
sweet little girl named Micah Robinson, and we get married, and I'm going to go into the business world and sell soap and make a million dollars, and I walk in my senior year, and I look at her, and I said, sweetheart, I think God is calling me into ministry. I don't have time to go into the whole thing about the call. I will say this. I know God called me, but nobody's motives are this or pure of this side of the cross. Come on, somebody. You know what I'm talking about. And there was a piece of that calling that I felt like would please my father. Isn't it crazy how God can use all that stuff? Uh, and so you take a young, idealistic, newly married, raising his family, religious person, who doesn't really believe that he, des that he deserves good things, and good things start happening, and there's a storm brewing in somebody's spirit. Uh, I'll never forget the night. Micah, to this day, is pretty much at REM sleep before her head is fully compressed into the pillow. <laughs> I really hate her about that, for that. But I'll never forget the night. I remember it like it was yesterday. It's really honestly what part of this emotion, even as I begin, because you open that box and you go back to that place. Uh, but I remember her hearing her deep breathing. See, I said that, baby, deep breathing. And I remember laying there wondering what was happening to me because my heart began to beat fast. And the more I tried to get past it, the worse it became. I had no paradigm for what was happening to me. None. I really thought I was having a heart attack, and I thought, because I'm a guy, I'll just get up and walk it off. <laughs> had a little hallway in my house, and from 10.30 that night till 4.30 that morning, I walked that hallway. And it didn't get better. The sad thing about the little prison that I had built for myself is, who was I going to tell? Because if you really knew me, you really wouldn't love me. This sounds ridiculous to some of you, especially those of you who know me, but I was convinced that after two weeks of that, when people told me, Mal, you sure are losing weight, are you working out? And I wanted to say, no, I'm throwing up. But after two weeks of that, I was convinced that if Micah really knew what was going on with me, she's going to take the kids and leave me. Because she deserved better than that. And in the middle of it, God's blessing ministry. And I began to discover... What it meant to operate in somebody's strength other than your own. I, would, I was preaching three Sunday morning services at that point. I would drive to the church. I would be sick on the way. I would go to my desk. I would lay my head on my desk until I heard the service begin. I would come out and preach, come back, lay my head back on the desk. Micah would come, lay her hand on me, pray for me. I, to this day, only the strength of God could have gotten through all of that. But I was so scared that day that I was driving down I-35 that I finally, in my fear, went to a guy that to this day is a dear friend and said, man, I think there's something wrong. And 
I went to go see a counselor, and I was diagnosed with an anxiety disorder, panic attacks. Uh, And I began to understand why for so long I had done things that I was doing. I think teachers and pastors do a great disservice to their congregations when they tell people not to dance around a golden calf, but they never talk about the need or the desire why you would dance around the golden calf in the first place. And uh, I was a really, really, really sick guy for quite a while. I'll never forget the time that I walked in finally before I went to see the counselor before this all began and Micah was putting on her makeup and I was probably combing what little hair I had left at that point in my life (laughs) and I just kind of spilled the beans. All my shame, all my guilt, all the crap just came pouring out. I'll never forget the moment that she said, Toby, I don't care where we've been. I don't care where, what, what you're going through. I will always love you. And you experience Jesus in the flesh. You experience unconditional love. And it, it is refreshment, Ross. It is a balm for yourself. It's really what your heart is looking for. And that really began me on a 22, 23-year journey. A journey to find hope and health and freedom in Christ. And to find out what does it mean to be free. Do you remember last weekend when I told you that I didn't think freedom was the absence of anything, but it was the presence of someone? I thought my goal was to never have another panic attack. I thought my goal was not to ever deal with anxiety or the depression that inevitably follows. And along the way, I've discovered that Jesus can be enough even if he never answers my prayer and completely takes that away in my life. And I want to tell you that my life began to change when the target changed and what frustrates some of you in the next 14 minutes that I have to kind of share this with you I know what frustrates some of you is you want like steps and solutions and it makes us all feel better to be able to tie a bow on our problems and say well here's where I was but now I'm past all of that I'm not sure I'm past all of that. If your definition of freedom, if if the only way that you can be happy is for you to never be depressed, to never be anxious, I think you're going to go meet Jesus disappointed. At least that's my story. But I do believe that God wants to do something in the middle of all of that. I don't believe the answer that Jesus... Because again... My story is, is God's story and it's me, right? But, but I have had to come to the place where Jesus is enough for me, just like he is. That God is real. That the gospel is true. 
And it is possible to be whole in Christ and still have more questions and answers. <laughs> and still have really good seasons where you're on top of the mountain and still have seasons in the valley where you wonder, what in the heck is God up to? Is any of this real? I just think Jesus in the middle, is in the middle of all of that. Uh, and I've asked him to, to heal me. I've been, I don't talk about this in a moment, but I've been, I'm, I promise you I've been to more healing services than most of you in this room will ever attend in your life. I've had hands laid on me. I've had prayers spoken in faith. Again, I don't need you to fix me. I've, I've probably read everything there is to read about this depressive disorder, anxiety. Uh, but for some reason, the Lord hasn't taken it away from me. And the longer I live, the more I get okay with that. The more I'm founding Christ in the, the power of Christ in the midst of the storm, rather than the absence of the storm. It's interesting because from time to time, I still get to sit down with some people and talk to them about these challenges and most people just need somebody to say me too right you know what i'm saying i mean most people it's nothing i say it's just they look at me and they go well you're 52 years old you've been married for 32 years you got two kids that love you and love jesus you pastor a church and yet you battle this disorder you're okay so maybe i can be okay i, I realize that's the power of most of it because secrets do make us sick and there is something as painful as it is for me at, at some level to even sit here today and go all through this again there's something freeing and healing that happens in it when you kind of just get through the tears and just share your heart you know uh, but one of the questions I get asked a lot is well, what are some tools what are some tools and, and here's the thing I think God has wired all of you differently and so I think the tools are different like one of the things that almost all the experts say if you battle anxiety or depression is that you need to exercise. Anybody ever heard that before? Well, can I tell you something? When I'm in anxiety, the last thing I need is my, something else to make my heart race. <laughs> so, man, like if that works for you, then go exercise to the glory of God. But when I'm in the middle of some of this, that doesn't work for me. So I'm not going to sit here and say, as a fellow anxiety sufferer, as a fellow guy who battles depression, as a guy who believes that God is the Lord over mental illness or challenges in, in emotional areas, I don't have a cookie-cutter pattern. I will say this. I don't think there's one answer to this problem, and I think many of you are frustrated because some well-intentioned Christian has told you this is the secret to getting set free. I think you have a mind, I think you have a body, and I think you have a spirit. And I think at different times, at different levels, your challenge is in different areas. I believe, do not conform any longer to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. I believe that we take every thought captive. I believe, I believe everything in the Bible to be true. Even the stuff that I haven't experienced yet, I believe it to be true. Like, 
these have been a huge tool for me. If, if I could hand them out to all of you at all of our campuses today, I would. These are just tear-stained cards that are the 40 IMs that I wrote out by hand over 14 years ago. You can go Google the 40 IMs and you can find them. And there have been seasons, Micah would tell you, where I just sit in the backyard and just say these things out loud. I am an heir of eternal life. I'm an heir of God and co-heir with Jesus. I'm redeemed by the curse of the law. I'm blessing the Lord at all times. I'm healed by his stripes. I'm demolishing strongholds and taking every thought. I mean, I have them all, and I will just speak them over and over and over again. For me, that's meditation, and that's confession of who God says that I am. And there are seasons that God works powerfully through that. And there have been seasons where deliverance and healing ministry have been a huge part of my life. I don't know why in the world we're scared to say that demonic oppression still exists. I believe it to be true. I, I, I believe that it is possible for you to know Christ, to be going to heaven, not be possessed, but be oppressed by demonic forces. And I think some of you are skeptical of that, and I think some of you are way too superstitious about that. I think some of you are looking for a demon under every bush, and you know how I feel about that. And I think some of you are discounting the work of the enemy, even in believer's life, to come against you. And I think it was Jack Hayford that said this. I believe this to be true. I believe in deliverance, and I believe in discipleship. Why? Because you can't deliver your flesh and you can't disciple a demon. And there have been times in my life where I've looked at my family and said, man, I, don't, I think this is a spiritual attack. And I have found people that I trust who have walked me through freedom and seasons of healing. And I've had dreams and felt things lift off of me in that moment. But maybe it's a transforming of your mind and it's not a demon. Or maybe it is demonic and you're trying to battle it with your mind and it can only be battled in the spiritual realms. Well, how do you know? This is why you have to learn to hear God for yourself. This is why you have to get circled up with other godly people who are full of the Spirit of God that can see and speak things into your life. And yes, like the elephant in the room in a church. And I promise you, I'm not going to read your emails about it. But look at me. Sometimes you need drugs to help you in those seasons. It is not spiritual weakness to need some medication to help balance you out chemically so you can receive the truth again about what's happening in your life right it's not now, now hear me i need you to hear me on this where this gets out of kilter is when your medication becomes your source god is your source but god who thought up medication God will use medication to get you a level place so he can speak truth into your life. Well, I'm never going to take medication. That's pride. Well, I don't want to take it the rest of my life. Well, neither do I. But there have been seasons of my life where under the care of a licensed professional 
There have been seasons where God has used the chemical work of medication to balance me out to a place where I can hear God clearly again. And I am tired of the church putting condemnation on people in an area that God doesn't bring condemnation in. If you have diabetes, trust God for your healing and take your insulin. Okay, somebody with me on this? Like, this is like a big deal to me. I've, I've, I've literally heard Christian leaders, and you know me, I'm not going to call out a Christian leader, but I've heard Christian leaders lead people to believe that taking medication, if you just had more faith. I'm 52 years old. Last year, I was told I need, by my doctor, you need to take this medicine for your cholesterol issue. I said, Doc, you've known me. You know I'm, that I'm serious about diet and exercise. He said, man, it's genetic. It's hereditary, and you're getting older. How long are you going to have to take? How long am I going to have to take this pill? For the rest of your life. That's not the end of the world. And sometimes medication is a good tool to get you leveled out so that God can do his work in your life. But the, look at me, look at me, listen to me. The goal is not to get off medication. The goal is to hear God clearly and to let God do a work in your life. Okay, everybody with me on this? Uh, the goal is to get connected to God in, a, in such a way that he can give you enough strength for whatever you're facing. The goal is not to be free from whatever. The goal is to know God and for God to give you strength for whatever you face. It, but here's the thing, man. I still believe God could heal me, could take all of that away from me. Like today or tomorrow. I believe God could take it away from you, like today or tomorrow. Or I believe that God could come in and, and bring a sense of his strength and presence even when you face those. And I'm really not trying to put like a, I feel like, again, I feel like I need to qualify this. I don't, I'm, I'm not this Christian positive thinker that feels like he's got to put a positive spin on it. But, but I will tell you this. Through this challenge in my life, I've learned more about myself and about God than I think I would have ever learned if I wouldn't have gone through this. I've been more spiritually equipped in ways that I don't have time to talk about today. And it's, 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 it's come out of desperation. <laughs> the most terrifying and the most comforting place to be is in a place where if God doesn't do something, you're done for. And so when we talk here about welcome home, when we talk here about it's okay to not be okay, this is all born out of 16 plus years of the desire in my heart to build a place where people who battle eating disorders, depression, anxiety, challenges with overeating, overworking, pick your thing. Oh, drinking, whatever it is, that this would be a place, it would be the first place you would want to come and raise your hand and let God begin to work in your life.
Because there really is no healing that comes in hiding. You're not alone. You're not a whack job. You're not. You're not spiritually inept. Why is God letting me? I don't have no idea. You figure it out and come tell me. But I know this. Jesus is real and God is enough. Anxiety is not my identity. And it doesn't define or control my life. And if that's where I am until I take my last breath, I think I'm okay with that. But I'm still going to pray for healing. I'm still going to believe it for you. And I'm still going to believe it for me. I really wish there was like, this was real linear and there's like three points in a poem and we all could feel better and sing Kumbaya. I, I really do. I'm just telling you, I just don't think that's how life works. And I just think God's in the middle of all of it. And the reason I share all of this is just, I just don't want you to feel alone. I told Mike, I said, man, I just, want, I just want some of you just to have enough hope for another day. <laughs> to not feel like a second-class citizen anymore. To find your identity in Christ, not in what you're battling. And believe that he who began a good work in you We'll carry it on completion until the day of Christ Jesus. You know, somebody says, uh, I don't know who it is, they're really smart, but they said that, you know, transparency is being true, is being honest about where you've been. Vulnerability is about being true where you are. I would love to stand here today and say, man, and so I declare myself healed and say all that stuff that church people say. I stand here today and declare myself to be free. I'm free. But I got to tell you something. Without Jesus, man, I'm done. I'm back at the bridge abutment. It humbles me. It embarrasses me and it humbles me. I just see Jesus working through all of it. And so, man, today I just... I asked the guys, I said, man, what if we just prayed to end our services together? What if we just raised our hand and told the truth and got a little vulnerable and asked God to do something? What if he lifted something off of somebody? Could you be okay with him lifting off somebody else and not off of you? Would you could that be okay? And could you, like, believe for me and I'll believe for you? Well, let's pray together. I know you're real, God. <laughs> I know you're near. I know you always don't do what I want you to do. But I believe Jesus to be enough.
I just, I'm wondering, so who's battles, battling what I'm battling? Anxiety, depression, who is it? I'm just wondering, man, who would like have the courage to just, let's all stand together. Everybody stand. I'm just wondering, who of you that raised your hands with everybody's heads bowed would have the courage to just walk up here and let's just stand in the front by faith and ask God to do something? I'm just, I mean, we never do an altar call. I hate that word. But if you want to come, come on down. I'm going to pray for you tonight. Come on, bud. Come on, prayer warriors. Come on, gather around with me. Can we just come right in front? I just want to, I'm just going to come down and lay hands on you, okay? And believe. Come on, Ross, Nick. Come on, Michael. Let's just pray for people. Let's just. Just right now, would you come in Jesus' name and would you lift this crap off of people? Just put a new song, Lord, new hope, just enough strength. Father, I just I know it's not too hard for you. I know your heart for us is wholeness. Father, would you just release demonic oppression right now in Jesus' name? Just lift it off of people. Father, just bring angels, just encircle this place right now. Lord, I I pray that you would give us just enough strength to take a thought captive, to just recognize a thought that's not from you, and just to say, "I, I, I reject that. Just right now, Father, would you bring it in Jesus' name? Father, I speak against that spirit, that illness of depression against that illness, that spirit of anxiety, of worry that comes. Father, I would pray that tonight there would be some who would sleep more deeply. And I pray that that you'd give them the gift you've given Micah to just rim sleep instantly, Father. Just come on, somebody. That's a good thing. Don't hate on her. Just pray for her like I am. Just, Father, would you just bring it? I pray, Father, for tonight a new realization that what we battle is not who we are and we reject that father we are we are your children you love us even when you're not saying yes to us you love us lord i pray for the faith (laughs) a faith that hangs on when we have no stinking clue why you won't answer our prayer and a faith to just believe it again and again and again and again give us give us father the faith of a child that says maybe tomorrow is the day maybe tonight is the night lord i pray for every person out here in this audience that's battling and they just men they just like me they're, they they're at a place where they could never bring themselves to come to the front father would you just right now just touch their hearts would you give them somebody just a this week in the interaction that they could just say, hey man, I'm not okay. For the first time, just confess, Father. So Lord, we just declare with heaven that the plan you have for us is a good plan. Even with what we're going through, it doesn't feel good. It's a good plan. And I pray that you would draw thousands of people who've been beat down by religion, who've been who feel like less than a person because of their depression, their anxiety, whatever they... Ch- and Father, would you draw them into this place where they might find hope and health and healing? 
but I just thank you for creating this kind of habits where a pastor can stand up and go, man, I don't know. It'd be okay. Lord, we just love you. We're going to trust you. Even when it's hard, we're going to trust you. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory. It's in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Bless you guys.